Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster. And Real Life Moms is a podcast where moms have real conversations, share resources, and tell their inspiring stories. Our mission is to connect moms by talking about these topics that parents deal with every day and to continue these conversations in our Real Life Moms Facebook group, where we would love for you to become part of our community. Today, I invited a mom and dad duo, Bridget and Patrick Lovett, who love to travel with their family. And they have been traveling all over the U.S., Australia, New Zealand, Japan, and so much more. And they've been doing this by using travel points to help them afford these amazing trips. Today, I asked Bridget and Patrick to come educate us on travel points and other resources that can help our family trips become more affordable. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Patrick. Welcome to Real Life Moms. Hi, Lisa. Hi, it's great to be on again. I know, Bridget, you were on my first episode, so this is so exciting to have you back on. Well, thanks so much. It's really great to be back, and it was it was fun before, and I know we'll have fun right now. Yeah, and today you have your husband, Patrick, with you, and you guys are amazing at travel. You travel to amazing places, but you also have mastered the art of using points for travel, which makes it so much more affordable. Yeah, I mean, we love travel and we needed to find a way when we were um early in our marriage when um we had just started a business and we had two little kids but we really wanted to travel we had to find a way to make that happen in a way that would fit the budget so honestly like this topic came about because i was talking with my husband and we were just trying to plan a summer vacation and we just kind of totally got stuck It just seemed like we kept getting into these like roadblocks. One, of course, was cost, but even just like figuring out like where to go. So my first question to you is, how do you even pick where you're going to go on vacation? That's a good question. So we've been we've been a lot of great places. Some of the places we go to uh, to see family, for example, like we've been to um, Virginia and Washington, D.C., California. Kansas City to see a bunch of family. Um, we also have family that live in really cool places, family and friends house. who live in awesome places. So we'll be like, hey, we're going to come see you in Japan. Oh, wow. So we're going to go see you in New Zealand. And it's not that we're going to go stay with family. Um, we, we get our hotel points, use hotel points for that. But um, it gives us an idea of where to go and we're not totally flying solo, but we have gone a lot of places where we don't know anybody and that's great too. Yeah. We tossed around so many ideas between like, do you want to go to this city or would we prefer like a beach vacation? And even when we finally like figured out where we wanted to go, just where we wanted to be within where we were going just seems so overwhelming, really. I almost needed a vacation from planning my vacation. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing that Patrick and I were kind of just joking about is that he loves to travel really to see the world and have experiences with his family. And I like to be with him and Mm -hmm. our kids. Mm -hmm. And so I can kind of do that anywhere. So when he then says something like, Hey, do you want to go to Ireland in the winter? I'm like, sure, let's do it. That'll be awesome. (laughs) And it's not, you know, going off season is a really great way to save money, um, different places. And so, 
Um, you know, it might not be the most ideal time to go to someplace, but it can work out really well and make it accessible for a lot of people. If you can, I think by traveling more and more, mm -hmm. we don't have it. We don't hold it on this pedestal of we need to go when the, when it's exactly the right conditions at the best time of the year at the, you know, we don't have that in our mind. Like we went to Japan during rainy season. And we wore raincoats the entire time and it was great. No, that's a good point um, because I think though that because we don't travel as much as you, um, we tend to like want to have a better experience, like, you know, not in the raining season. We used to travel off season to save money, but like for instance, we went to Cape Cod and it was May and we really wanted to have a beach vacation and have some time on the beach. But like when we were there, it was like so cold. It was the coldest beach ever. And although we like loved it, we had like one day of sunshine and that was just like awesome. And we kept just thinking like, oh gosh, if there was more days like this, this vacation would have been amazing. Totally. Well, and you know, um, I mean, that's like us being like, Phoenix is so awesome. And you know, just go in July, it'll be fine. It won't be fine in July. It'll be, it won't be what you're looking for from, a, from an Arizona vacation, right? So, um, Well, there's also, there's a time perspective of it, right? Like there's the rainy season in Japan, which is really the potential that there could be a hurricane, which there happened to be when we were there. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's, I think the, the climate is in, in Tokyo, at least is equivalent or similar to like Washington, D.C., which is like, it doesn't really, it like rarely snows, but like in, in the winter, like it can be cold. It's not fun to like walk around for hours on end when it's cold like that. Yeah. But on the other end, you know, in the middle of July, it's not real pleasant either because it's steamy, hot and humid. Right. So right. like when, when are you going to have the perfect time to go? So there, you know, there's only so many times a year that are like the right time to go, but also like when does my free time match up with that good time you know elsewhere right. only, like, i mean like with the kids school there's only a few times a year realistically that we could take an extended period of time off mm -hmm. you know so that that kind of also dictates like okay we have like a week for fall break we have a week for spring break maybe something at christmas time maybe not and then definitely the summer, but also everybody else is traveling in the summer. So I think to answer your question though, Lisa, um, two things really influence how we choose where we are going to go. One being, what do we want to do? Mm -hmm. We'll often ask, do we go want to go on a vacation or do we want to go on a trip? Mm. So yeah. if we're gonna want to sit and chill and relax that's going to be a totally different trip than if we want to hike and go on adventures and, you know, sightsee and other things. Right. Um, you know, vacations don't always happen. We joke that if we're bringing our children, it's automatically a trip. <laughs> because it's not relaxing for us. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. I wouldn't say relaxing, but it's fun. 
and it's getting they're getting to be such great travelers it's getting to be a vacation for everybody right i mean they've been traveling all the time too now so um but when they were little man we were like just remember you might be in hawaii but it's not your vacation because you have a two-year-old you know right and and it is a totally different kind of trip like i remember when we went to london our kids were they were small they were like eight months and three years old and I remember someone saying that going on a trip with kids is definitely a different kind of vacation. And it's true. You know, we ended up exploring these really awesome, cool parks that they had and doing like kid-friendly museums, which were which was really fun at the time, but but definitely a different trip than we would take now. Well, and and so we ask ourselves, like, do we want to do the vacation or the the trip? And then you can plan around that, right? Like Mm-hmm. London has the coolest park. It's so, such cool parks, but you would never know, but you plan for your family trip. And that's, that's really how that kind of goes down. So, I mean, that's, that's awesome. The other thing we look at really is, is um, what do we have points that we can use and where are there really good deals for points? Yeah. Where, where can you get an amazing hotel for a special or something like that? So Patrick follows a lot of blogs and podcasts and things like that, talking about how to use points for travel. And so we follow that and he'll be like, guess what? You know, there's this great deal to Costa Rica. Mm. There's this hotel in, in, you know, Florida. Would you like to go check it out? And that's how a lot of our trips get planned is because the special is there. Okay, Patrick, I am a point virgin. We have a card, it has points, but I don't really understand how to even use them. So I need you to help me. I need you to, I need to know everything about these points and how to use them. Okay, so that's a, that's a big question. Kind of the backstory of this, like Bridget mentioned earlier, you know, we were trying to figure out like, how do we travel? How can we afford to travel? With a, a family of four, um, you know, and at the at the time, our, our our her parents lived out of town. My my family lived out of town. It was like, how are we going to be able to travel and have enough money to be able to travel like for fun? Because we're like at Christmas and Thanksgiving and other holidays and birthdays, like we're going to see family. How are we going to do that realistically? And by by chance, uh, one of my best friends from high school was out here visiting me, and. And I had seen all these posts that his wife did on Facebook. And I mean, they're going to, they're going to Europe and they're going to Australia and they're going to you know Asia. And I'm like, how in the world are you doing with, this, with a family of four? And so when he was out here, I asked him, he goes, oh yeah, I, I do points. And he said, he referred me to a couple websites and he's like, yeah, like these are the, the ones that I follow. And if you just get like a knack for it, if you just kind of study up a little bit, you'll, you'll kind of see patterns of like of things that, that make sense. And it, at the end of the day, it, it kind of comes down to math and, and figuring out like kind of where the value is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I started reading that and within, you know, within six weeks, I was like, okay. And I kind of had a plan of, okay, I'm going to apply for these credit cards and I'm going to get X, Y, and Z bonuses for uh, signing up for these credit cards, which are great. Mm-hmm. And then also I think of the points as, as like currency. So for example, like we use Chase, uh, Chase credit cards a lot. 
Uh, Chase has their own like currency, if you will. It's called Ultimate Rewards. This is not an endorsement. Hey, this is not <laughs> an endorsement. <laughs> I am going to backtrack for a second. Like, what are the websites that you are getting all this information from? So the, the main one that I follow is called the the Points Guy. G U Y. Okay. The, the PointsGuy.com. I'm going to sound like a dork. I, I probably check that website twice a day at least because it's a blog, but they have a staff of I don't know how many people that write articles and they probably have, uh, they probably have, I haven't counted it, but I'm guessing 10 to 15 new articles each day and on the weekend. So, so, so that's a really good resource. It'll say like, sometimes it'll say deal alert tickets to Europe for 500 bucks. Whoa. Or it might say, these are the, the best hotels to stay at when you're going to Hawaii. Or it might say, you know, a special deal on this credit card. You know, if you sign up now, you get you get a 100,000 point bonus, whereas normally it's only 50,000. Or this never seems like a little scammy to you. Yeah, no, no, no. So they don't sell tickets. Okay. It's like, it's like right now, American has a deal from JFK and Dulles going to uh, Heathrow um, you know, for, for 500 bucks, you know, go click on the Delta website or, you know, or Google flights or whatever Sorry. to buy. Like they're not selling these things. It's just like, Hey, this is what's going on. Like jump on it. They, can. they keep track of all the offers out there. Okay. Got it. That's right. And, and it's, you're smart to like go, Oh wait, now we're talking credit cards and this has impact on my credit. How is this going to affect them? But the the big thing, so that was kind of what I came at was with some caution to Patrick. And what we're understanding at is really if you are somebody who pays it off every month anyways, mm-hmm. then you can make um, it work for you. Right. Um, and so that's, you know, we never have as a habit, never really carried a balance. And so getting into this, it wasn't a risk for us to open a credit card because we weren't going to have a balance on that credit card. So that, that I should have said that first. That is really the number one rule about points mm-hmm. is if you carry a balance um, with these things, you, you lose. Okay. Right. So they, that, that's what they want you to do. They want you to sign up for their credit card, right? Not, not the points guy. But like Chase or American Express, they want you to sign up for their credit card and carry a balance and they make interest. Obviously, they make a lot of interest from you carrying a balance. So that's the number one rule is you cannot carry a balance. If you do, they will make a lot more money off of you on interest than you will ever make a point. But if you're one of the people who can kind of figure out, figure it out and not carry a balance and be wise with your money and be a good steward of your money, then you can use that and leverage it to your advantage to to take advantage of those points. Okay, so I'm getting a little lost. So can you explain a little bit more about how the points actually work? Right. So it like it depends on the kind of card that you have, what kind of points you have. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think of them like different um, different currencies, right? So um, like those ultimate rewards are have like a certain value, if you will, mm-hmm. um, versus like other points let's say like um like hilton points they're they're a lot less valuable because it takes more nights or excuse me more points to redeem for you know a free hotel room let's say Mm -hmm. so like certain points are more valuable and i think that of that like the u.s dollar versus you know the mexican peso they're just 
not one's not better than the other per se, but one is more, you know, when you compare one to one, one is more valuable. And so the same thing's true with points. So when people are like, oh, I have, you know, whatever, 100,000 points, well, it kind of depends what points you have because certain ones are more valuable than other points. Okay, so then what do you consider like the most valuable point card? Uh, so the the cards, I like the, the chase ones, like I was mentioning, because of the the different transfer partners that you can have. The value on those points is, is pretty high, but you can also transfer them to... Um, like we've transferred them to Southwest High, or excuse me, Southwest United Airlines, uh, Hyatt, um, you know, a, a few other places where you can get really good value out of using those points. And again, it's a matter of, I wouldn't say there's a really easy way to do it, but learning kind of the values of the points and learning the transfer partners and kind of figuring out, okay, like, you know, I found this good deal on Southwest. I'm going to transfer points over here. I'm going to buy it. It's a good value. The other thing that you can look at is from different cards give you points and more points for different reasons. So if you go out to eat a lot, there mm -hmm. are cards that give you double points for going out to eat. Right. Or if you have, you know, so there's just, you can also choose cards based on that. Like at, at any given time, I might have two or three cards in my wallet that Patrick and I have sat down and said, okay, if I'm going out to eat or if I'm traveling, I use this card. Mm. If I'm going grocery shopping or to the mall, I use this card. Right. Or if I go to Home Depot, I use this card. And what that does then is that just maximizes the amount of points because we have found out that that card gives you double points for when you use it at those facilities. Right. Or if you do a lot of domestic travel, getting like a Southwest card can be really amazing because there's ways to to do a lot of domestic travel with a southwest card okay so i i personally have a card with points but i think what i'm getting stuck on is not really knowing what i can use my points for and how to actually apply them when i'm actually purchasing something yeah so depending on the card like if it's a i wouldn't say generic but if it's a uh, like a, a chase only card, right? Not a, a United Chase card or a okay. Southwest card, but a, like a straight un, uh, Chase card. Usually it'll attach to what are called ultimate rewards points. When you log in um, to your account, like to see your balance and stuff on the side, you'll see you have whatever, 60,000 points. Right. You click on that, it'll take you to the ultimate rewards section. And it gives you a bunch of options up at the top. And one of them is, I think it says like travel or book travel. And you click on that and then you can, like I said, you can, um, you can look up flights. Uh, you can look up hotel rooms and stuff through the Chase portal. I don't think they, they used to use, they used to use Expedia, but I don't think they do anymore. Mm -hmm. But basically you can, so let's say a hotel room is $100 a night, right? And you click on it. Well, it'll, it'll give you the option. Do you want to pay $100 for this room or do you want to use, you know, whatever, 10,000 points? And so, yeah, you, you, you click on that and that's how you res reserve. I have a question for you, Patrick. And here I am married to him, but you're bringing up some good points, Lisa. Um, but is there like a cheat sheet for a place to go to see, okay, I mean, I know the points guy and a couple of the other blogs that you follow. But is there a place where you go to find out what credit cards do what or 
what points are worth. Mm -hmm. okay. So a couple things about that. So something that I forgot to mention and I probably should, I haven't actually done it. So well, I've sort of done it is it's called, uh, it's a Facebook group, 10 X travel insiders, but it's a good resource. They have over a hundred thousand members in that group and people will post, right? Like, Oh, I just found this deal for, you know, whatever flights or X, Y, Z. They also have a, they call it a beginner course. And I haven't taken it because I've been doing points for like, you know, seven years. And I just joined this group like a year ago. But if you were new and you join this group and the, kind of the rule is you have to take the course. If you take the course, I think you would, you, the listeners would learn a lot. Like it's free. Um, I assume it's like a PowerPoint or something. And it, it would give you a lot of the, the background and basics. The other thing is like Bridget asked, like what card does what? When you apply for a card, you, you need to have a purpose for the card. Mm -hmm. You, you kind of need to have a bit of a plan. Like there, I don't do this often because there are certain rules that certain credit card companies have like Chase, where it's like, if you apply for more than four credit cards within 24 months, they're not going to approve you for more. I'm not real big on like applying for a lot of credit cards per se. Let's say they release a credit card that has like some elevated bonus and it's really good. Yeah, I'll sign up for it, get the elevated bonus. And that's my purpose for that card. And I might cancel that card a year later. Mm. There might be a card that there have been cards that had something like that in the past that like Bridget said, they also offer three times points when you use it at a restaurant or you use it on trial, whether it's hotels, rent a cars, whatever. Well, we still have that card uh, over five years later. And so like my purpose for that card, I could cancel at any time, but my purpose is like we learn, we earn a lot of extra points by using that card. Right. So the point being is you kind of have to, you have to have a little bit of a game plan of like, okay, like, I'm going to apply for this card. This is the purpose of the card. And I have to know what I'm going to do with the a plan with those points, uh, potentially, whether I'm going to, you know, fly Southwest or United or whatever the case might be, or take this certain trip, like the trip that we took to, um, to Australia, New Zealand. I think we, we each signed up for a couple cards to, to make that happen. And, okay. it, and it was totally worthwhile. Okay. So do you actually have a destination and, and get a card to earn points and then, actually cancel that card after is that right oh yeah no i mean not not all the time but yeah sometimes like for example for that trip we signed up for two credit cards each well some of those credit cards have like high annual fees yeah i mean i probably wouldn't cancel it the month after i got the bonus per se but maybe before that annual fee comes back up you know 10 11 months later i, I might cancel it because i don't want to pay the annual fee again now, going back to credit part of it, as long as you manage your credit correctly, there are, I don't know the exact equation of how they figure out a credit score, but one of them is also like how long you've had a certain amount of credit. So you don't want to be, you don't want to be churning through 10 credit cards a year because that doesn't look good. But as long as you're paying off your balance and you're paying your bills responsibly, your credit should, should stay high. Like, like I said, if you're responsible and doing it uh, in, a, in a responsible manner. Okay. Yeah. You know, we have a partnership in our travel world, but as you can tell from the interview, Patrick's really passionate about figuring out how to do it with our points so that we can make more of the world accessible to us at any given time. And something Patrick has always done is travel. His mom was a flight attendant, and so he has grown up traveling. And I had to really get okay with the fact that 
our kids weren't always going to be perfect in all these other countries we were going to. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, we were going to have a lot to learn going to these places, but we just kind of had to jump in with two feet and not be scared to try it out. And it's definitely been worth it. Um, and we've had some pretty amazing experiences because of it. You know, we've gone on a lot of tropical vacations like Hawaii and Mexico and Florida and really beautiful places and, and had a lot of fun pool vacations and stuff that, like that with the family, which I would have guessed would have been our kids' favorite, you know, maybe a Disney World or a Harry Potter Land. Some of those would have been their favorites. But um, when we've asked them recently, they told us that Japan was their very favorite place they've ever been. Wow. And put it in perspective, it was rainy season. They had to be on their uber best behavior the whole time. And they weren't, but Japanese culture is that, you know, the children are well-behaved mm -hmm. and people are quiet because, and children are quiet because you don't want to invade someone else's space with your noise. Mm -hmm. Well, Lisa, you know how quiet I am. So you can <laughs> imagine how quiet our children are. They're not. And it was like, oh no, this is so hard. So it was a real challenging trip. It was, it was super challenging, but super amazing. So for them to say that that's their favorite lets me know that they're not looking for ease of travel as much as they're looking for the experience of travel. Mm -hmm. And that kind of changed my perspective of where I want to take them. So do they have input in where you guys choose to go? Not really. We used to let them weigh in a lot more, but they were choosing like, they really wanted to go to China or really, and, and that would probably be an amazing vacation. Yeah. But Points weren't taking us there. So we mm. we chose another Asian country in Japan. Um, but really, they don't get much of a say, but we do keep them in mind mm -hmm. when we pick the place. Oh, but we don't ask their opinion. Now, do you guys ever use like Airbnb or do you just do kind of hotels or resorts? We've done Airbnb a, a little bit, but we usually do it out of pocket. Um, when we do, we do do a lot of resort. Yeah. Like kind of going back to the, the thing about points is the other thing, the, the interesting thing about points is you can, you can get amazing value out of points. So like, for example, we, we went to, you know, this was like a year ago. Um, it was spring break time and, you know, we weren't sure what was going on with masks and uh, COVID tests and whatnot. So I was like, let's just go to, um, Let's just go to Florida. There's supposed to be this amazing hotel, and it's a reasonable amount of points for a really nice hotel. There's 20,000 points a night, which, like, isn't cheap. But if you compared that, if you had bought that hotel room in cash, it was, at the time, like, when I booked it, it was over $500. Wow. Yeah, which means those points, basically, and this is a good way to determine value, those are high points. Those are, that would make each point worth over four cents, which is a lot. Like that's really, really good value. And it was a great resort. It was great. We had a lot of fun. So yeah, just like making good use of the points um, and finding value. Uh, and that that's kind of comes down to the math of like, oh, wow, this is, this is like a, that's how you get like a good deal. It doesn't necessarily mean it's cheap, but, but you can stay at great places like that. I mean, mm -hmm. all over the world, but you kind of have to find the niche. So what has been your best family vacation? I would say one of the ones that we like the most, and I, I don't think we, well, we use points maybe for the flights. When, during COVID, back in like October of COVID, we ended up going, Bridget's from Kansas City, and we went with her parents. We flew into Kansas City, 
drove down to Table Rock Lake, which is about three and a half hours away. Um, they stayed in a hotel, our parents did. We rented a camper, an RV, oh. and I rented it from a local guy. And so he he pulled it in, he parked it, he hooked it up, the whole nine yards. We rented it for a week and stayed there, had a blast, stayed at a campground, but in an RV. And then again, he was local. He, he came, he picked it up. Um, we didn't have to move it an inch and uh, and it was awesome. So, wow, like a, just a very simple vacation, really. Camping. Yeah, I, mean, I grew up camping. So, you know, here we're talking about this international travel that our children are doing. My travel was we would go to a lake in Kansas about twice a month and camp all summer long. And that was that was the extent of it. And then once a year, we would drive down to Texas and stay at a beach with our camper. And that, that was kind of it. And so, you know, our kids hadn't really experienced any kind of camping, even though we live in Colorado. It's kind of a shame, but <laughs> it we really haven't done a lot of it. And, um, and so this was a really cool way for them to get to experience camping, but in a way that didn't challenge our camping skills. And the, there's an RV kind of like an Airbnb, but four RVs. It's called Outdoorsy. So it's outdoors with a Y at the end, dot com. And you can, you can Airbnb campers. And it was really it was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Like I, I had to pay the guy a little bit extra for like a delivery charge, if you will. And he dropped it off, set it up, hook it up, hooked it up. And then we just showed up, stayed in it and he picked it up when we were done. Oh, that's so fun. So what vacations do you have planned next? Yeah. So uh, one of Bridget's roommates from college is from Fairbanks, Alaska. Oh, wow. So we're going to go up to uh, Fairbanks for a few days and then drive down to Denali and Anchorage and the fjords and uh, do that right after school ends for the kids, actually the day after school ends. So like end of May and beginning of June, that's pretty exciting. And then we're going to use points and fly to Minnesota and meet up with a bunch of my high school friends and all their families. So kind of like a mini reunion. So that should be a lot of fun. And then that's in July. And I'm going to Mexico, Puerto Vallarta on point with the girls in June. Um, and then for fall break, yeah, fall break next or this year, we're going to go to uh, Costa Rica oh. uh, for like nine nights, which should be cool. And then I just booked last Friday, I booked tickets actually to, um, to Ireland for, I think nine nights in new year's for new year's. Yeah. Wow. You guys really plan. It's, it's nice to have someone who, who is a planner. I mean, my husband is a planner and he, um, can keep like numbers and um, point values and things like that straight. That if, if I wasn't married to Patrick, I don't know that I would be doing as much points travel uh-huh. because it is a, it is something you have to keep organized and straight. I think it's something that anybody can do, but there are, Patrick has fun doing it and it would be really, I think real hard for me to do. So I'm really grateful that you can do it. We're still planning our summer vacation. We're going to go to Hawaii. <gasps> Yay! No points are being <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Um, we haven't rented a car yet, so maybe that's our opportunity. But that, that alone, like, we're done. Like, we're like, okay, that's our trip. So it's inspiring to hear planning all these trips. We had to take a lot of the weight 
of it being perfect out of the equation mm -hmm. for it to be for us to be comfortable biting the bullet yeah. because even when we put travel without points mm -hmm. we have to have a little bit of surrender to the travel gods in saying you know what's going to happen is going to happen but I mean, we were flying into Tokyo and there was a typhoon and we wow. know it's crazy rainy season, but as soon as we landed, they were like, there are no more flights in or out of Tokyo. So we got there and we were going to visit my cousin for like five days in Tokyo and he couldn't, his flight couldn't come into Tokyo. He was out of town. Oh, so wow. we, you know, so being flexible is a huge piece of travel for us is that it may all hit the fan, but at the end of it, that's all part of the adventure. Mm. And come what may, it's an experience. And right. so that makes it a little uh, less hard to say, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Because even with the best laid plans, if you get too married to those plans, they absolutely, Murphy's Law will not end up like the way you wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. or they'll be different, mm -hmm. but different can be amazing if we allow it to be. Yeah, that's a good perspective. And I think it's hard when traveling with kids, especially to have such a flexible <laughs> attitude. Yeah, and our children are not flexible. I mean, that is not, I don't know that kids really are, um, but our, our children have a real special inflexibility sometimes. So <laughs> but I think I do think that travel teaches them to be more flexible. And I think that's true. I think that's one of the huge benefits of traveling with your kids is yes, you get to show them different cultures, you get to show them, you know, different foods and different whatever, but also just like wrapping your head around or them happy wrapping their head around, it's not always gonna be perfect. It's not always gonna work out exactly the way that we plan, but we're going to get through this and it's going to be fun no matter what. Yeah. Can I tell you the magic that happened the night of um, the typhoon? <laughs> sure. Okay. So, I mean, we were hoping to get there and we had like, you know, pl places we wanted to go for dinner and all these cool things. Well, instead, the only thing open was 7-Eleven. So we went over to 7-Eleven. Well, 7-Eleven in Japan is like gourmet. So we got like sushi and then the kids got to get all these gas station treats. And then we got to, and I, I found a Zima. When was the last time you saw Zima? Yes. And we went back up to the hotel room and we played board games and we ate dinner that was from a gas station, but it's from a really nice gas station. And it was so fun. You know, we played Clue and we just... And, and um, the kids would stop because we weren't going anywhere. They were stopping and talking to all the hotel staff. Aww. And by the time we left, the hotel staff wrote them a letter and they were writing letters back and forth. It was the sweetest Aww. thing. So, you know, magic really can happen out of a little bit of um, uncertainty. But, you know, we've had some pretty amazing trips that were um, and there were things that were planned and things that weren't planned. I mean, New Zealand and Australia is a must do it's it's amazing as well um but it it is interesting to think about you know some of our fun trips but the big the big thing for you and for anybody who is wondering about traveling with their family or or starting to look into points it's kind of a why not like just do it it's so fun and it's it's 
been such a rich experience for us. And people always say, wow, you're so lucky. And I, and then I see Patrick with the computer and he's, you know, really into checking it out. It's a hobby for him. So he works hard at it to to do the points, but it's been a real treasure for our family. Right. And it sounds like there's great resources through just these even the groups and websites too. So that's, that's absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing all this information about points and just making travel like more affordable. Such good insight. And I think a lot of us are not using this resource, you know, so thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's uh, it was a lot of fun to be here. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Bridget. Thank you for listening to this episode. I am definitely going to check out some of those resources that Patrick and Bridget shared with us today. Come join us on our Real Life Moms Facebook group and share your creative resources on how you afford travel with your family. And don't forget to follow Real Life Moms so you don't miss an episode.